thank you for listening to the High Sticks and Super Kicks podcast. We here at the High Sticks and Super Kicks podcast are simply fans of hockey, the New Jersey Devils, and professional wrestling, and are not to be considered as insiders or news reporters. Please note that opinions expressed on this podcast are those solely of its hosts and occasional guests. Listener discretion is advised. Whether it's talk about the state of hockey. Just conversing about the world of professional wrestling. Oh my god! Chip, you know what? You just made the list! Oh no! Oh, here we go. Or other pop culture phenomenon. Rob and Dave give you, the listener, their uncensored opinions on the High Sticks and Super Kicks Podcast. The first period starts right now. and Super Kicks podcast. Rob and Dave with you again. Thank you so much for everything that you've downloaded so far on iTunes and everything else. Howdy! Top of the morning to you. Hi. We started before noon. It's, it's a nooner. Close. close. <laughs> oh, that, man. The Taz song uh, one is the first wrestling shirt. I ever bought right the orange with the 13 logo, and uh, two is the closest logo thing I've ever gotten to like a tattoo. Really? Yeah. You, you wanted logo. to get a Taz tattoo? Uh, that 13. As soon as he came out and I saw the 13, I was and that that's my number playing hockey. I was like, yeah, that's it. Oh, there you go. But, Did you also want to do like the towel too, or no, no, no? But the, I was talked out of it by my ex-girlfriend. Like, do you really want to have a wrestling tattoo? Do you want to be that guy? might be the wisest thing she's ever done really <laughs> <laughs> all right so what do we got on tap uh today we got some uh some hockey news we want to talk about we got some uh panarin and hall we got some wrestling we got some jersey talk again maybe some season ticket holder bullshit yeah. uh, i want to give a shout out to uh, uh folks that i guess retweeted our uh a little prep from uh, from yesterday it's a uh, puck hcky so that's puck hockey out in michigan uh, thank you for doing that. If you want, go ahead and check out uh, their Twitter account and their uh, and their website and see if there's anything on there you want to purchase. And uh, tell them that the uh, High Sticks and Super Kicks podcast uh, went ahead and sent you over there. So um, 
So yeah, we're starting to get people to like our stuff, which is a good thing. That's good. We're getting downloads. We're getting all this kind of stuff. We're getting... It's a slow roll. It's not like the big boulder in Indiana Jones just running down. It's a, more of a pebble. Pebble, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a dust particle, apparently, but, you know, whatever. Whatever works, right? Yeah. You know, there aren't many podcasts that run through the summer because it's dry. There's, there's nothing going on. But we here at the High Sticks and Super Kicks <laughs> podcast, we know. We know what to do. We take pride. A little bit of pride. Just a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. All right, so we got some hockey news of player signings and things of that nature. So um, two players that I have gotten confused more times than not. Um, Dumba and Trumba. Yes, Matt Dumba got six years uh, at six million at for five years, so thirty million overall. Um, I think that's a lot of money. He is now the third highest paid player. On the Wild? On the Minnesota Wild, behind Zach Parisi Parisi and 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 Ryan Suter. Like, I get it. Like, young defenseman that, I mean, he had a career year. I think he had something like, I could look it up, but I think he had something like 14 goals and uh, a bunch of assists. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But he, uh, I don't know. That's a lot of money for a lot of time. You know, I think of contracts like that, like, Dion Phaneuf. Like, Dion Phaneuf had a lot of good years, and then they signed him long-term, and now he is an albatross that's wrapped around the necks of Toronto, Ottawa, now L.A. Mm-hmm. Is is this going to be one of those? I don't know. I don't know. You, you figure it's a, it's a new... It's a new day? Not not the wrestling mm-hmm. new day, but... Yes, it is. <laughs> With your bootios. We need a box of bootios here in the studio. Oh, that's stupid gimmick. <laughs> Kids eat it up like, yeah, I like get what, it. ass? It's, no. it's, it's, yeah. It's, it's for, wow, we're jumping all over the place, but it's yeah, for, that, that's a gimmick for kids. Of course. Um, I mean, you know, you have, you have a new GM over there and he's going to see things his way. I mean, and I, I think, when it comes to contracts and everything, everybody has to start looking at what Chicago, what happened in Chicago. Yes, they won three cups. Yeah, but, Minnesota has got some room, though. They've got over $7 million in cap space still, even after the signing. But who, who do they have long term? I mean, yeah, they, they have. Well, what, did, what did somebody say? That, that, that the time that um, his contract is over, Parisi and Suter are still going to have, what, like two or three years left yeah. on their deals? <laughs> yeah. They have to sign Jason Sucker. He had a breakout year, 26 years old, so he'll probably be looking. He's going to arbitration. He'll probably be looking for a, I would guess, like a four- or five-year deal. If not, he's going to get traded. Um, Because if he goes to arbitration, right, and and the arbiter gives them a a, a number, it's basically a one-year deal, right? No, Or or the arbitrator does years, too. Yeah, it could be a two-year deal. Uh, As we saw with Jacob Truba from Winnipeg, he was asking for $7 The team wanted, Club wanted, to, four, right? wanted to give him four, so they kind of met relatively in the middle at 5.5, but I can't see Winnipeg being happy with that, especially since it's a one-year deal. So he signs this one year, he gets this money for this year, and then next year it could happen all over again. 
You'll still he'll still be under that restricted right. umbrella. Okay. He'll still be restricted and he could still have arbitration rights. So now they're going to have to go through this shit all over again. How many more times does he have to go through? Um, I think that would be it. That would be it. That's why you read the rumors online that he's, they're going to trade him. To avoid that whole thing. and Just to avoid it. I mean, he's been a problem since he's been in the league. I don't mean a problem like he's, you know, a drug addict or whatever. But for Winnipeg, he I think he held out last year for a while before the season started. Now he's doing it again. You know, at what point do you sit there and you go, is the talent worth it? Or can we just send him somewhere else and get equal back? And do you get equal back when you have a guy that has that cloud over? Just let's just say a cloud over him because he acts that way versus he's got a year before he could possibly walk. You, you know, there, there's so many other factors. It kind of bleeds into the, the the story we have next, too. But players that there's like a theme now happening in NHL where like the power is kind of like leaning back to players where they're trying to force themselves to control one where they go, how much money they have. Literally, almost like how the NBA does, where it's like, "Hey, hey, Dave, you want to go to the Lakers?" Yeah, I, you know, you sign a month after I do, and we'll, we'll you know, like, that never works in hockey. It never works. I remember, I think it was in the late '90s, and I, I don't know if we talked about it, like when Korea, Paul Korea and and Solani both left and went to Colorado mm-hmm. for that super team, and they got ousted in the first round. Like Solani got hurt, uh, Korea only played like 30 or 40 games with them and it, the team just didn't work. It's, it's almost like hockey gods have karma on them. Like, Oh, yeah. you want, you want to circumvent this stuff, but see, it's, it's, it's different in hockey when you do that because in basketball, like LeBron and whoever else, you know, the, the golden state, like though you can win a game with just those five guys. Mm-hmm. If you have five really, really, really good hockey players, and they're all on the ice at the same time. Like, look at Tampa, Kucherov, Stamkos, Hedman, Sergikov, uh, um, TJ Miller, JT Miller, whatever the fuck his name is. Like, yeah, all right, fine. You've got five really good players on the ice. But you know what? They have to get off. And then what happens? And Right, right. exactly. <clears throat> and, and you can, I mean, you can stop one line. True. One, one know, good shutdown shift. One good and, shutdown uh, shift. You mm-hmm. can stop that. In basketball, you know, it, it's it's different. So if you think that you're ever going to see, like, these hockey super teams, and, I mean, you can look at it like Nashville's kind of a super team. Tampa's a super team. Um, Chicago, to an extent, was. was I, I would say was, yeah. Was. Dallas. I mean, Toronto is a super team now with Tavares. But it, it might not pan out. Right. It might not pan out. I mean, again, again, you look, you look at those those tandem deals. What happened to the Wild with with Parisi and Suter? They haven't really gotten anywhere. No, and Parisi's I, been hurt so more than, I guess, maybe what you you would have anticipated. Yeah, right. I guess that's again like Lou seeing. I mean, think about every player that's kind of left the Devils for greener pastures, uh, whether it's going home or for greener money. Uh, that. There hasn't been success. There, there really hasn't. Clarkson left money, and he's played like 40 games since he left. And Gomez, all right, Gomez didn't have Stanley Cup success, but he was okay. 
Holik, no. Niedermeyer. <laughs> Niedermeyer is the only one. See, the Niedermeyer one, right? I mean, obviously, my my your hockey fandom and your hockey knowledge is a little bit better than mine. But when Niedermeyer went to, like, Anaheim, like, oh, I want to go play with my brother and I want to own a cup. Like, I don't anticipate that as, um, you know, really. I saw that as one of those, like, like if we can compare it to the NBA, like LeBron, he's riding coattails with somebody else. Like, he went out there to go play with his brother, so it wasn't that big of a... Yeah, but it's also to tie it into like the 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 Jacob Truba kind of story. Like Scott Niedermeyer kind of dug his heels in when it came into negotiations with the Devils and Lou. Like they argued a bunch of times back and forth about money and term and the rumors that Niedermeyer wasn't happy with the coaches and the system because he was hindering his points, which when you go to arbitration and you look at Niedermeyer's points, yeah, he put up 45 points on the Devils, but what would he have done if he was elsewhere right? Elsewhere with a more offensive system? So I think there was kind of a, some bad blood Taylor Swift style between uh, between the Devils and Niedermeyer. So, I mean, when it came time for him to bolt, I don't think it was, oh, man, my heart hurts from leaving the Devils. I think it was more like, all right, I'm out. Right. And I'll use the I want to play with my brother. See, even the going home thing, that yeah. home feelings happened it's way kill, back when. Kills the Devils. So we go from those... There wasn't, I mean, let's just, let's just put it this way. You know, earth-shattering news, Carlson wasn't traded yet. <clears throat> Not yet. So, move on that story. That's because all the GMs are on vacation. Are they, are they all sitting with little Brun and, uh, and Mackenzie up yeah. in their cabins drinking? Margarita Mackenzie. <laughs> and La Bats LeBron. I, I, I still don't understand that. You're the fucking reporters of hockey, and you take a vacation day two of free agency. Can't I, I would do that, too. You just want to get away from it all, especially those guys. They're there every day of the entire season. You know what we should really do? We should go and try to talk to Mad Dog Sports and Sirius Radio and say, get us a damn show. Yeah. It's either us or Barstool. Yeah, we are bringing the dozens of fans over to... Hey, look. <laughs> I'm easy. Give me 60K, 65K a year. I'll do a stupid radio show for a couple it. hours. I don't even need insurance. <laughs> Come on. Talk to Mad Dog all day long too. And let me tell you something, Mikey. <laughs> nah, Dave. Dog. dog. <laughs> Calm down, Dave. Dog, the devils suck. <laughs> Nobody watches hockey. Folks, you don't come here for the impersonations. <laughs> you come here for the hard hitting news. <laughs> I'm hanging up on you. <laughs> Click. All right. So we move from the uh, hot news of the day to uh, lukewarm news, I guess. Um,. So we'll throw out two player names, um, Panarin and Hall. Uh, within the recent weeks, um, news has come out of, 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 I guess, stances per se that came out from both players. We'll start with Panarin first. He set a D- deadline. Setting a deadline to say, I want all of the quote-unquote business stuff of hockey to be finished by September 13th or whatever, which is the opening day of camp. Versus yep. the other side of it where Taylor Hall basically mentions he doesn't care about points. He just wants to say at the end of his career he wants to win a Stanley Cup. Well, he's He's got the Hart Trophy in his trophy case now. So now he has to say, I want the other trophy. But the, the, and maybe it's me reading too much into at least that part of it where it's he's coming up on his walk year. 
right? Mm-hmm. And he's tasted the postseason. And he, obviously he wants to continue. And yes, every, any, every player in every sport wants to win a championship. That's like obvious news. But do you think he's saying that to go, hey, Ray Shiro, hey, John Hines, hey, potential free agents and, and signees in the years to come? You know, I want to win a cup as bad as anybody else. So, if you know, do you tell Sh- in in this case, do you tell Shiro, get me people to get there? Or are you telling your team, get better to get me there? I, I don't think it's either. I think it's more him just saying, Taylor like, I've had... Well, I mean, again, it's the way hockey players are. You know, it's it's always team first, team first, team first, team first. But deep down, every player wants the individual success. Well, now he's had the individual success. Mm-hmm. You know, he is a Hart Trophy winner. He's going to be on the cover of the NHL yearbook. Every year they put the Hart Trophy. He's going to be on the cover, and that's cool. I mean, that's something that how many people can say that? Neither yeah. of us can say that. <laughs> no, but even NHL players, like not mm-hmm. not many people, I and mean, it's it's amazing for him. But now it's okay. Do you want to be the greatest player to never win the Stanley Cup? So he's just saying the things like, "All right, I've had the." In- if you read between the lines, I've had the individual success. Now I want the team success. Give me the I group want, success, right? I want my name on that trophy for the next what is it, 120 years mm-hmm. before they take my name off. So then you flip back to Panarin that says, essentially he's come out and said, look, I'm not signing a long-term extension with you. No matter what you say, no matter what you do, no matter who you bring in, I am not signing a deal with you. I am walking. But get all this business. He, he said, get the business side of it done, which I don't really know how to read into Meaning, it. Meaning like either offer me a ridiculous contract where I can't say no. Or get me out of here. Or trade me. What does that do, one, for Panarin? Okay. Two, what does that do for the Blue Jackets? Does it hurt one or the other or both? I think it puts the Blue Jackets at a disadvantage trading him-wise. Um, for the package that you get back is going to be less considered. Because you don't know if he's going to resign, and and right. do you say, hey, if I want to trade for this guy, do you give us the, the the trading team the opportunity to sit down with him and go, will you sign this extension with us, or there's no deal? Right. I think if Columbus is seriously considering trading him, like if they sit down and go, it's time to trade him before the season starts, because this is going to be the negative shadow throughout the season. Yeah, because you look at that, you could say like, "Hey, you know, they they played, you know, they played the the Capitals, right? Five five in regular, you know, regular time, and then you go into overtime. And Panarin scores a game winning goal. You're interviewing after the game because you know that was great and everything. How do you feel? That's perfect. Oh, cool. Do you think this affects you with regards yeah, to free he's agency? Gonna, he's going to hear those questions every time, every game, and he's going to have to use the same, you know, status quo kind of answer with the. I'm not going to talk about that now during the regular season. Or, you know, so if Columbus is seriously going to trade him before September 13th, they have to give him permission to talk to other teams for a contract extension. Now, what would that contract look like? I mean, he's making $6 million this season. What would he look for? I mean, $6 million for a guy that put up last year... 
82 points. Okay, so... And seven points in six playoff games. He is probably looking for... I wouldn't say Tavares, but pretty close. I mean... I'd say he's looking for eight between eight and a half and ten and a half. Somewhere in there. Okay. And let's throw some fandom in here, just for, for sake of argument. Would he would he come to New Jersey? Because you look at look you look at where he's at now. From from last week's podcast, you said that Columbus is a, is an area that should just really just dump their team to back to Hartford or, or Seattle or Houston. Um, so obviously he doesn't want to play there. He no. and he always said something about you know I don't, I, it, I'm not bad mouthing the um, the players, the organization, or anything else. I, but then what else is there? It's the town, right? Yeah, I mean it's it's Columbus. I mean other than Ohio State football, like. What and, is there in Columbus? And he's a for, and he's a what Russian guy? He's, he's a, a European guy. So what does he care and he's about? An older American guy. He's an older guy that is what is he twenty six, twenty seven. So his next contract has to be really with a team that's going to win the cup within Do the next wanna, five years. What he's saying is, look, if I'm going to sign an eight year, seven year contract here, is Columbus the place I want to raise my kids? And, and he apparently is saying and, no. And he's saying no. Like, I don't want to... My wife and I do not want to raise our kids in Columbus. I want to be somewhere, you know, mm-hmm. where the people are. To quote, what is that? Uh, where the people Under the sea. <laughs> but he... Uh, yeah, he's 26 years old. He, he wants to go to a coast. Now, the problem with Panarin taking his time now is it puts a pause on the market for Pacioretty... And who's the other guy? That, and Jeff Skinner. Because, and Justin Fall. Anybody else who right, needs to move. Because they want to see where he's going to land. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you have to you have, you have to rank it, Panarin's better than Pacioretty and and Skinner. And can you imagine the GM office in Columbus? The phone is just like nonstop ringing. Hey. It's like, you know, hey, Ray Shearer and the Devils. Hi, uh, what's- you've reached the Columbus Blue Jackets. We're not available right now. <laughs> and if you're looking to call about Panarin, please hang up now. <laughs> Please email all offers to Panarin Bread at <laughs> Panarin Bread. <laughs> and as you're as you're sitting there and like lose like listening to this, going Panarin Bread, that sounds familiar. <laughs> but it's uh, he's he's gonna get paid. He's probably gonna go. Because what do you get back for something like that? Even if you even even if he says yes, I'm going to sign long term. What what do you what if, do you give up? If Anaheim could persuade Corey Perry to give up his con to give up his no trade clause, I could see Panarin going to Anaheim. Would you see him going back to Chicago, considering that they lost some money or gained some money? I think they're going after a defenseman. They needed def- they need to start getting rid of Seabrook, Keith. They need defensemen. Seabrook was a devil, right? No. Back... You sure? No, he was drafted by Chicago. Uh, I, I, I I would say I'm 99 point. Okay. I just, I just remember there being Seabrook on our team, and then all of a sudden... No, you're thinking of Brookbank. Am I? Bro- Sheldon or <laughs> Brookbank. Yeah, we didn't have. There's tons of people. There's tons of players who've come through our, our, yeah, our organization. Those, those were the years where... Sometimes we didn't play. We dressed an extra defenseman because he made less money and we couldn't fit it under our cap. Don't you worry about my cap. Yeah. Uh, I, to talk about I, the Hall and, and Panarin thing, 
Okay, neither of them have won the cup. If you're a professional athlete, would you rather, especially a hockey player, would you rather be the greatest player to never win the cup or a cog in a team and not be remembered but win the cup? The way I think right now, my instant answer is that you split up those answers. The cog goes to Hall. Yeah, but he'll be the, he'll be the main, he'll be the hub of the wheel. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Um, it's tough. It's, it's, it's almost like you're in that Ovechkin scenario where it's like there's all these years, you never won a cup, and now you won a cup. You know, and were you ever going to win a cup? Yeah, he's had all that individual success. Now he's won the cup. It's, I mean, if you ask me, I'd rather be a cog in the wheel that so won a cup. Then, I, I don't want to. I don't want to be that. That at least put it. I don't want to be that like uh, Kovalchuk ish kind of guy. I don't want to be the team. Joe Thornton, the the Roberto Luongo, where you're such a great player, you've had individual success, but just never won the cup. Yeah, I, I'd rather be a cog. I, I'd rather go down as being a teammate, and that's just me. I don't want to be that superstar to. to if I, if I have to be that superstar during spurts to get the team there, sure. But overall, part of the game, yeah, I'd, I'd rather be a cog. So it's 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 tough. It's tough for Columbus because you don't know what you're going to get get back. And right? they're a good team. It's not like they're a, a shitty yeah. team, you know. But you you have to make your choice now. You have to make your choice now. It's either we trade him before the season starts, or we trade or him by we, February. No, because you're not. What if they're really good? What if they're on their way to? You know, they're a top two seed in the East, and now it's February, and you go, do I trade Panarin and fuck up our team chemistry? Or do I hold on to him, hope that we win, go all in, and then he walks? What would the GM mode in NHL 19 do? (laughs) Uh, GM mode in NHL 19, I would offer him whatever the hell he wanted. Or I would trade him for, like, two first-round picks and then have him sign with that team and then trade those two first-round picks back and get him anyway. <laughs> Stupid GM mode. That's when, you, that's when you're playing hard mode, you really want to play, or you just pop it down to easy. I, <laughs> I, would love, I would love an NHL where you don't actually physically have to play the games. You just want to be strict office management. I just want to do management. Like I know there there's a franchise mode where you can control like ticket prices and and you have to fix the arena and all that right. stuff. That's fun, but you if you don't play the games, your players get pissed off, you lose games. Mm-hmm. You know, I just want a strict GM mode yeah, where we, I don't play the game. What we should really do is reach out to Hugh Weber and all them he goes, "Hey, we do a podcast. Let's do a one for one. We interview Ray. We just do those stupid little, you know, what's it like to be a GM thing, and they just let us sit there and just see what a day is yeah, like I don't as, think as that's a GM. Work. Come on, then we become hockey insiders. No, <laughs> how many R's though? Because <laughs> if there's, <laughs> it's, it's a tough move. I mean, I don't, I don't know what, what we're talking about this on July, July twenty fourth. Okay, he's got. They've got two months to figure it out. You know. Yeah, but. The market is at a standstill. The longer they wait, the bigger a risk that they're going to get lowballed. 
And I think every team would consider lowballing them just for Absolutely. the. Absolutely, they're they're not in the position of power right now. Why am I going to trade for this guy if we can't negotiate a contract? Why am I going to trade for this guy if he can walk? Why am I going to trade for this guy if he doesn't like Carolina? Why am I going to trade for this guy if he doesn't want to play in a Canadian market? Why am I going to trade for this guy if, you know, he's going to leave San Jose because he's not getting the ice time? Right. It's, it's tough. Yeah. It is. What's also tough is being a ref. Yeah. Something Especially I, last season. Something I would never want to do. Freaking. Ha. I don't get refs. I don't get why people would want to do it. And I have friends that are refs. I don't get it. You know, especially if you were a kid who, or who, a person who grew up playing hockey and now you've jumped to the other side. Like, there, I know two people that I've grown up with playing are big time D1 college refs. Mm-hmm. There's a kid that I played with in college who is a big time. He refed the national championship game. Okay. He was, a, he was a good hockey player, excellent skater, but, like, he was a dirty player. Like, does he watch, like, the game and see somebody slash another guy and be like, I used to do that, so I'm not really going right. to call that shit right, right. now. <clears throat> um, the NHL refs are, they're a different breed. They're a different breed because they're, they're so on top of everything. And especially now with all the instant replay. I think that hurts every, you. Right. Everything is scrutinized. Yeah. Everything. You you go from being the who is who is the, the best known referee in hockey? No, no. The, As a devil fan, it's uh <laughs> Andy Van Allen and go eat a donut, you fat pig. <laughs> but like you go from being like the best ref that, that everybody wants you to ref their game because you you, you play it down the middle and everything else. Then you throw an instant replay. Now you're second guessing this, right? You have the opportunity to go, hey, ref, you're not good anymore. Yeah, you made a bullshit call. Look, I got it right here on my iPad. Like, that's the amazing thing now when you see, like, a goal scored or there's a penalty or whatever. All of the coaches, if they show a picture of the opposing bench, they all right look behind. down and they're all looking at their iPad going, do we, do we, do we? And, and, and you then have- you see it and it's like, oh, and their hands go up and they're screaming. Like, and- as someone who, who played and coached, the refs that I always respected the most were the refs that came over to you and explained why they made the call that they made. Okay. Okay. Where it was whether I was coaching or playing, and I would say, like, why didn't you call that? And they'd be like, look, I saw you what you were trying to do, blah, blah, blah. You didn't move your feet. That's why I didn't call it. Or the reason I called that a hit from behind and – only gave him two minutes is because your guy turned at the last second. And like, I totally respected that there have been refs that I've, when I was playing where I would ask a question and they would put the hand up in your face and don't walk talk to me. Wow. The dick move. I mean, that's a men. I mean, anybody who plays men's league hockey has dealt with that ref where it's nine 30 on a Sunday night. They don't want to be there. And they, they give you the, I made the call, go the fuck away. Like I remember, a person who we won't mention, but got a penalty and got a 10 minute misconduct. It's 1030 at night on a Sunday. He got a 10 minute misconduct. He looks at the clock and the clock says nine minutes in the third period. He proceeded to take his skates and equipment off and walk behind the rink to go to the locker room. Right. The ref stopped the game and said, get back in the penalty box because you're going to like, 
have read the read the the crowd. I mean, there was no crowd. It's ten o'clock on a, on a Sunday night. But the NHL refs, they don't have that because everything is under a microscope now. Offside calls. How do you fix that? I, I don't think you can. Especially with instant replay. Like they did the, oh, if the play is offsides and the goal is scored, the goal is called back. If the offside had nothing to do with the goal. Okay. Yeah, like if, if there was an offsides and there was like three or four or five minutes in the zone. It, right. Like the play doesn't stop. That should be a goal. Like you, you're really, you know, it's a power play and, and you know, the guy comes just past and they do the instant replay, and it's oh, that's that's offsides. That's not a goal. Like, I mean, how many times this year, as a Devil fan, did we see that the offside or the puck didn't go in, or it was right. goalie interference? The goalie interference one is the worst. Is isn't it essentially that whole blue area? You're not you're not essentially not supposed to touch the goalie. Yeah, like you're not supposed to touch the goalie, but you can be in the blue area. They had to change that after the whole Buffalo Brett Hull. Scoring the goal, his foot was in the crease. The puck wasn't in the crease. We won in overtime. That shouldn't have been a goal. Um, but as far as the uh, goalie interference, when I was coaching, I would tell my goalie, like, if someone bumps you, fall. Take advantage of a penalty. Take, a, take advantage. Even if you're outside the crease and you're trying to move from left to right and somebody bumps into your arm, don't fall that way. Don't flop like a... Uh... Right. And then if the ref comes over to me and goes, look, I know you told him to flop. We're going to... That's why it was goal. Like, you scream and yell, but I've never heard a ref change their mind. Like, go like, you know what? You're right. I'm sorry. Let's make that a goal. That's You're, you're totally correct. Six minutes later going, you know what? I have guilt. Yeah. Well, you will get that guilt call. You will totally get a guilt. If a ref misses... I mean, I've had a ref come over to me when I was coaching and be like, look, I totally missed that. We're going to keep an eye and like gave me like the wink, yeah. like <clears throat> yeah. we're going to keep an eye. And my guy trips over the blue line and somebody on their team gets a two minute penalty for tripping. Right. All right. I get it. Make up calls. But that, yeah. But as far as the offsides and the goals going in and, and goalie interference, as far as the goals, like not being able to tell if a puck. And there were a couple of times in the playoffs this year, especially I think it was in the finals where like the, the pad was in the net. And, like, it looked like the puck was crossing. Everyone always says, like, why don't they put a computer chip in the puck? Glow and puck. And put one. Yeah, like, like a sensor. Yeah. A sensor in the goal line or whatever. What's going to happen when that puck goes into the crowd? It yeah, it goes right over the net into the crowd. Or, or it goes, like, flipped yeah. into the, the, the crowd. Or is there going to be somebody like, here. <laughs> can I have the puck can back? Can I have the puck back, please? Because <laughs> this is now worth more than the, the $4, you yeah. know, that you could buy it. Um, but th there's got to be something. There's got to be some sort of way to determine. And I'm sure the NHL is doing some sort of. I would think you put cam. You you would definitely put cameras on the posts, right? Uh, enough where it could be above, like where the pads are, to to, to like a certain a certain angle. Because the one from the behind the net, you, you can't do that. You if you do it above on the crossbar, it, there's it doesn't... too much to see. Because sometimes you'll have the ref jump on the net to kind of look yeah. over. Yeah, it's got. It, there's got to be some sort of sensor in the ice, and then you get go through the problem of 
every Re- time replay. that ice goes yeah. down and having to put it back, yeah. the sensor back in, or, oh, it didn't work. What do you mean it didn't fucking work? Unless, unless you put it on the outside of, of the glass. But then, all right, you know what? Then again, if you do a hard check in the glass and it's going to pop off and break and all that kind of stuff. Or you get some idiot that's got like a fucking magnet and it turns, you know, put, in the put, crowd. Put it in the seats in, in, the, in the, you know how they do with cameras? Put it up there somehow with, I mean, there's enough technology that's out there that can look at. I think you're definitely going to see a camera on the blue lines. I, I, I would be okay with that. Now, there's going to be a camera on both sides of the blue line and there should probably be a camera overhead on the blue lines mm-hmm. so that they could see, yeah. you know, and they're going to have to figure out the, if you lift your leg, does that count as still being part of the play? Like if the blade is not on the ice in the offensive zone, is it offsides? They're going to have to figure something out with that. But refs suck. <laughs> There's a handful of refs where I'd be like, that guy's a good ref. Not in the NHL. I'm just speaking. Just in general. Okay. Yeah. What about fighting? Fighting's a, a a big topic that that gets tossed around. Um, definitely during free agency. Definitely on 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 uh, you know team boards and 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 social media and things like that. Of of where it's been. We talked about it on one of the last shows about concussions as being another issue as part of that. Do but you f- think fighting is needed? <clears throat> yes, I you, agree. You have a guy like Tom Wilson, right? who concusses one of your players, John Moore. Um, He's got to answer the bell. Yeah. But if, 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 you're, if you're a dirty player, Marshan, you want to spear some guy in the balls? Elbow somebody. In the head? Concuss him? You, you, yeah, you have to. You ha- there has to be some kind of retribution. There has to be one guy who's, who's going to say, drop the gloves, I'm going to beat the piss out of you. The problem with that today is that guy who drops the gloves and wants to beat the piss out of Tom Wilson, Brad Marchant, has to be able to play the game. You can't have somebody just sit on the bench for a just-in-case. You can't pay Jordan Tutu a couple million dollars just but so see, he like can— But see, Jordan Tutu could play the game. He's fast. I'm talking like a Andrew Peters when we had him. Right. Or your, the guy, Derek Bugard or John Scott, where— you know what? You know, his sole role is his is not role to... is to go out. Now, I, I'm not bad mouthing the goon. I think every goon on every team has always been loved and the most favorite player ever. Um, but in today's NHL, you need to have if that guy is going to be on your team, he's got to be able to play. And not just play the two minutes and sit at the end of the bench and oh, man, we're up or we're down. Go out there like Edmonton needs somebody to protect Connor McDavid. True. Yes. Every team needs to have that. Like we talked last week about the Rangers re-signing Cody McLeod. You're going to have young players. You're going to need a guy that's going to have to go out there and answer and ring the bell for those guys. Um, Toronto. I don't know what Toronto's going to do. You got rid of Uncle Leo Kamaroff, and you got rid of Matt Martin. Who's going to answer the bell for Tavares, Tavares and Matthews, Marner? Yeah. Marner. Who's going to answer that bell? Fighting is needed to help police the game. I mean, if you, I, I agree. If you watch any two guys fight, whether they're goons or your Tom Wilsons and stuff, 
there's a code to hockey. There's a book that I actually read called The Code. And it explains why there's fighting in hockey. And, and essentially, it's to police each other. If you're going to go after Wayne Gretzky, you're going to have Marty McSorley go after your Steve Eisenman. And if you're going to go after Steve Eisenman, there's always going to be your Bob Probert. Mm-hmm. Okay? And that's important. And I think it's still important because if you get rid of fighting, I think you're going to see a lot more of your Brad Marchant elbows because there's nobody to, there was nobody on the Devils you yeah that can that could go after Brad Marchant and fight him in that game um there was nobody there was nobody i think the only thing that happened was Damon Severson laid Marchant out in that game but there's nobody to fight no it's it... and you need it in the game and i know we talked about like with the concussions and stuff and you know fighting obviously you're punching someone in the head it's going to have some sort of damage but th- there has to be somebody on every team that can that can do that, that can fight. Um, I don't see how you get rid of it for that simple fact. Dirty players will take advantage of that to no end. Mm-hmm. If they know, I mean, in in the book, and even if you read Avery's book, they talk about like if I knew that there wasn't someone that could beat me up in the game. I'm going to fly around and just hit everybody or slash everybody or talk shit on somebody because I know I, uh, no it, one's going to come. Coming after nothing's you, coming yeah. after me. Nothing's coming after me. It's, like, easy, it's an easy paycheck for you to, to be able to skate around, be dirty, go home, and go party at night. And the, and the fighting thing, like nobody ever leaves to go get beer or take a piss when there's a fight. <laughs> everybody stands up. And we and we keep yelling down in it's, front. It's on. The, it's definitely on the decline. I don't like the staged fighting. Like it was cool when the Devils and the Rangers and they did the all, every, all five people on the ice were fighting. It was cool, but it's staged. There's no like if if it's just there for the sake of I don't like you as a team and you don't like us. It, it's, There's rivalries everywhere. Get right. it, like. Don't or, use that as a or the staged when the devil when the, the Rangers would play Detroit and it's like Domi is gonna fight Bob Probert tonight. Like I feel bad for those guys. And if you listen to, to some of these these goons fight, and if you listen to them talk now, there's there's a documentary on Netflix about Chris Nyland. Like these guys used to stay up at night knowing that they have to fight the next day. Like I have to like George Perro said, like I knew if I went into Buffalo that I was going to have to fight John Scott. Like, right. imagine that. Like, waking, like, sleeping at night, and you, you dreamed you're in the NHL, and you wake up and you in the middle of the night because you know that you're going to have to punch this giant in the face. Because if you don't, you might get sent to the minors, or you might not dress, or you're going to sit on the bench. And it, it's it's a scary thought that this is what these guys think that they have to do. Um, but I think as the league goes on, there's going to be less and less and less and less and less fighting. You don't see those staged fights anymore. You're like, you're not going to see when the Devils play the Bruins. Marcus Johansson is not going to go and fight yeah, Brad Marchand. No. You're not going to see that anymore. It's kind of like, all right, well, I'm going to move on. And then where does your retribution go? Because then, then all of a sudden, it's like your team is now a pussy. 
for lack of a better word. And and you're you're now distracted because it's like, oh great, I need to get back at this guy because he knocked out one of our players, and we can't. Yeah, and we can't. You and look at that can't. Devils roster right now. There is nobody on that roster. Nobody. Without getting an indefinite suspension from a goalie swinging a stick and and not taking somebody's knee out, no. Yeah, there's nobody on that that roster that can, can do that. And if I'm playing against the Devils, I put a goon in the lineup. If if I'm the Rangers, I make sure Cody McLeod's in that lineup because I'm gonna. If I'm Cody McLeod, I'm gonna go and hit Taylor Hall. I'm gonna go hit Nico. I'm gonna go hit these guys as much as I can, clean, and drive them crazy. And take them out of the game because there's nobody yep. that that can come after us. But fighting's needed. I mean, it's a safety issue, but. It's needed in the game, or else you're going to see more high sticks and more dirty hits. Yeah, because because look at what happens when there's like scrums, right? And and there's you know there's now twelve people all on the ice in a big big round circle, and the refs can't even separate these guys. Yeah. Putting in headlocks, and everybody else got headlocks. And if you try to touch the ref and and pull him out of the way, you're getting a a, a penalty. So yes, fighting is needed. Yeah, Stage Tom, fighting, no. Tom uh, Wilson's going to run wild. Hulkamania, Wilson Mania is going to run wild because he, he backs it up. But there's a lot of teams that don't have, like, I can't think of the, like, all right, if he were to go and take a run at, what's it, at McDavid, mm-hmm. well, they have Lucic, and Lucic is going to, Milan's going to go crazy and go after Tom Wilson, or he's going to go after Ovechkin or Backstrom or something. But then you're going to lose him because he's just going to go ape. Yeah. And you're going to lose him for the rest of the game with a misconduct, and that's it. I don't know if the misconduct... Again, that's where, when we were talking about refs, refs have to read the game. If it's retribution, let if it happen. If it's retribution, penalty, let it happen, and, and yeah. there you go. We're done with this now. Like, right. If I'm the ref after Lucic goes after yeah. Wilson, I go to both benches and go, okay, we're done with this now, right? Because right. the next time I call a penalty for this kind of shit... The both are gone. You're both gone, mm-hmm. or there's going to be a 10-minute, or you're going to be out for an instigator. Mm-hmm. I agree. So let's take let's take it from off the ice or on the ice to off the ice. Um, you and I are season ticket members, holders, whatever phrase you want to use in the season. Um, for double digit years, thank uh, God. Yeah, since the lockout. So the lockout was what two thousand five. And I started in 06. And I had them in high school too before I moved to go away to college in Massachusetts. So. So as, as as a fan, okay. So we'll, we'll take we'll take the the hockey thing out of it, and I know um, Rob and Tracy are going to be happy about this because they're listeners. So thank and you. Hopefully, the Devils are listening. Yes, not really. Um, <laughs> as a season ticket holder, what do you want year in and year out, outside of on ice product that would keep you? Or, all right, a little piece of honest product, but would keep you coming back saying, you know what, when that invoice comes in earlier and earlier and earlier every year. And it gets more expensive and more expensive and more expensive. And that causes us to move every four or five years. <laughs> we just want different views of the game. Yeah, sure. And pay less money for them. Like, wh- what do you want? When we, when, at least when I started in 2007, as, as a full whatever, because 2006 I was in the Meadowlands and it was just simply whatever. I was going to games. Trying not to get a fear of heights taken over me. Yeah, <clears throat> but, in but it was fun watching when there were fights and they would the people would roll down those like 
95 stairs oh, from course. the top all the way down. And we've had our experiences already in, in, in Section 209 where some drunk was just flopping around. Yeah, from the top row and knocked wow. an old lady out. Oh, that was during Buffalo, man. What the hell? It's, it's the freaking Buffalo Sabres. Well, that's the only way to watch the Buffalo Sabres is drunk. <clears throat> so, so when I, at least for me, when I started in 2007, um, at least for the Devils, it was under ownership of Jeff Vanderbeek. Every year for Christmas, we got we got something. It was um, it, it was pretty cool. The first year at Prudential Center, they basically took you know like, game what? game one of the Prudential Center. They took a picture in the corner of the arena and they etched it in glass. And they sent it to all season ticket holders. Like a nightlight, yeah. And that was pretty cool. I remember getting um, brandy glasses with the Devil's logo on it. Yeah, those didn't make the move in my house. I, I, I didn't I didn't mind. They would, that's cool. You know, brandy glasses, awesome. With, with the the, with, with the Devil logo on it. And the Prudential thing on the other side and of it. And after Brodeur broke the record, we got a little the piece of picture the net. frame with the net. Awesome stuff. Whether, whether or not it was the actual net or not, I don't care. It's the sentimental thing saying, you know what? You were there. This is a net that he may have practiced with that day. Uh, whatever. Yeah. But here, here, sure you're a pe- you're a piece of history. Here you go. And then it started dwindling down. When within the last couple seasons, we've had things as to where when Christmas time comes around, hey, take a picture with a Christmas tree on the ice and the Devil's logo. We got a Christmas card. I remember we got a Christmas card with a player autograph on it. I got Mike Camilleri one year. We that used to happen too, but the whole damn team would sign it. Yeah, but it wasn't a real. No, at least this one was a real. Like a real, it wasn't real signature. It was a real okay. signature. I think I got. Um, I got Schneider that right. that first year it came out, so that was pretty cool. One um, year I think I got an autograph, and it was Andre Loktyanov. And you were just I was just clicking so clicking your heel <laughs> for that one. I think I played more games for the Devils than he did. Uh, uh, and and what else? Um, you get ten year jerseys every five years. That's a good. That's a good. Deal. That, that's fine. But My within recent, Larson jersey is so happy that I had to get that right before he got <laughs> traded to for Taylor Hall. And you don't do jerseys. I don't wear jerseys. I have, I have a closet full of almost every team's jersey, and I don't wear them. On the on the opposite end of it. I pretty much have nearly every freaking Devils player's jersey. Of, if we of, were to start a men's league team, it'd be easy just to go into your closet and just pick a jersey. the team in jerseys. In Devils jerseys. Oh, you want to be a Colville truck today? Here you go. Here, go tape his name on the back of your jersey, whatever. Um, but now, right, they, the, the email gets sent out from, from whoever your rep is every year. Yeah, he still sends me emails, and I haven't had season tickets in a year or so. And, and they say, okay, you know what? This year you have a tenure. Great, you're starting your 11th year. You get your 10 year jersey. <clears throat> Think about just do that. Do that math in your head. You're you, you're now starting your 11th season. This is a perfect example for me. You get your 10 year 10 year jersey. Fill out this form. Fill it out. Hit send. All these red things come up. I read over the thing again. You can't put current or former players on the jersey. Oh, so they just want you to have your name on it. So I send in blanks. I email my rep, furious, going, what's the point? You just want me to have a blank jersey? Eventually, they came back and says, oh, you know what? Y- you can put players on your jerseys now. So I got them. I understand from a friend of mine this year, who is now uh, in whatever season he's in, same thing. You can't have current or former players on your jersey. So we went through this thing last year. 
Now we're going through this again. Yeah, I don't get the point of that. But as far as like things that I would like to see in as a season ticket holder in the arena, like they used to do the ice cream socials. All right, it was a cool idea. It was different. Mm-hmm. I mean, you get to meet your rep finally. For that those one that... Year, that one year, I think I went to that <laughs> in, four, in a forty game <laughs> season. I think I went to the ice cream social about twenty five times. You just walk down there and they're like, "Oh yeah, my rep told me." Uh, the year we went to the cup the bar seats that are on the upper level and the Mm -hmm. lower level, there was a time that my friends and I would just sit at them. And when the the usher would come over and be like, you're not supposed to sit here. Be like, my rep told me to sit here, my rep's name. And you would just give them the name. And they, those people don't don't fucking know. They're like, I don't care. So we sat there and, and, and watched games. Um, if you know, someone is in a luxury box, you can just go and go to luxury box. The best time I had with a luxury box is when you said, hey, I got a ticket for you. And I went down there and I had to go to the bathroom. I passed three freaking people. I passed Shiro. I passed, um, who did I pass? Uh, Colin White. And on the way back, I passed somebody else that was a healthy scratch. And me and autographs for a hockey player, I was like, okay, I'm just going to go back. I saw them. (laughs) I see what other teams do because with the hockey package, you could see their commercials and stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. And like they're giving away, you know, for like a hundred bucks, like a family pack. For a hundred bucks, you get four tickets, four sodas, four, in, you know, slices of pizza for a hundred bucks. That's if you want to get people into the game, that's what you have to do. But as far as season ticket holders, I think season ticket holders should get. You should definitely get a Christmas present, a holiday present. Sorry, you should definitely get a holiday present. You should definitely get exclusives like player autographs. I, I don't, ex- yeah, but you should also get exclusives. Like, I don't know, maybe you'll be able to tell me this. Like, are they offering any packages to go to Sweden and Switzerland? Not that I know of. The, the devil should offer you a package where it's like for X amount of money, you can, you know, you'll have to pay for your own flight, but we will give you a ticket to the game. You could stay at this hotel. Mm-hmm. Hell, if I'm making that trip, you should turn around and be like, for this much money, you're going to stay in the same hotel as the team and be able to have breakfast with in the team. You know, like I, you yeah. can't get autographs or you can't go. And, but like you can go and you'll sit at a table with some of the players before the, mm-hmm. for breakfast before they're or you if, will have exclusive rights to go to the game and burn uh, for the morning skate. Fine. But yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that just because of my fear of flying. But that's still a packet. I would do that in a heartbeat. And then if they if they do that, I'll forward you that email. <laughs> they um, they should do exclusive player player autograph. They used to do that. Exclusives. Yeah, it used to be when they were in the Meadowlands. My brother had season when my brother had season tickets. You used to be able to. They would be all around the concourse at, at tables. Okay. And you would just you you would go in and it would just be season ticket holders and you would go in and be able to stand at the table and get an autograph and that was it. It didn't cost anything just for being a season ticket holder. And that's where I, when the Devils won in like 95 and 96. I remember when I went to it with my brother that day we had just traded for Phil Housley. Mm-hmm. And I was like I want to get Phil Housley's autograph because I know Phil Housley is going to be a Hall of Famer. There you go. And I wanted Phil Housley's autograph. That's how I got, like, I got Brodeur's autograph on 
a bunch of sticks and and his right. rookie card and stuff. Stevens Niedermeyer. I've got a really cool Niedermeyer one. It was from I forget the the card company, but it was his draft year, and it's him and Pat Falloon from the San Jose Sharks. And I got Niedermeyer there, and I got his autograph on it, and I got Pat Falloon when they came to practice in the rink nice. in my town, San Jose. And that's one of the coolest things I have. Steven's autograph on his rookie card mm-hmm. from Washington. Like, all because of those things. Like, that's what I would want. They do do the, the player autographs, although they don't, they don't set it up clean enough. No, because people, you, you, you get an email, and they email you the ticket, and you print it up, and you can go. That's not good, because I can just send that email to anybody and Which sell they do. it, and that's what's annoying. And sell it. That's the important thing. They give it to you for free. You find on eBay. You find on fan uh, sites. Oh, here. Here's, here's the tickets to the open practice and, and autographs for the winning team. 25 bucks. And I Do, like to go on those threads and go, that's nice. I got it for you free. You still get the big plastic ticket, right? The um, one they're that- going back. No, know what they're doing this year. They're going back to giving you uh, Ticketmaster tickets along with your package. Just so that you can either do it on your phone or you have the physical ticket. They're not doing anything special. Well, that's good. But that's what they should have done that one plastic ticket. Yes. I know. I agree. Like you should get that. The lanyard and just but, go here, scan it. And that should be your entrance into the exclusive only. Like you, you can't yes. sell it. You have to it's, use this ticket. Yep. So that way you're not. I mean, yeah. you can give it to somebody. Because for every seat you have, you get a plastic lanyard. You can't give it to 15 of your friends. Now, if you're doing player autographs. Here's the thing. Do three of them all year long. Let's just say for, for even numbers, there's 3,000 season ticket holders, okay? You do three signings. You have 1,000 of them go to this one. You have 1,000 go to this one, and you have 1,000 go to this one. So you know what? You're not just standing in line for three hours or two and a half right, hours waiting for Taylor, Taylor Hall, Hall. Or, or Marty Brodor's autograph, yep. and you're missing out on like a Mike Camilleri or a Parisi or a Zajac or something yeah. else. Yeah, I agree. No, but you're getting stuck with... a. Um, with 17,000 people all standing in line for Taylor Hall. And everybody gets, um, I don't know, Keith, Ke- no, no, Keith um, pick a crappy player. Uh, you get your awesome Jimmy Hayes. Yeah, you get a Jimmy Hayes autograph. You know, you get, um, I don't know, you get Earl, Dancing Earl's autograph yeah. because there's nothing else that you want. You get you get Bryce Salvador sitting in the MSG booth for, for an autograph kind of thing. Like it's, do it so that everybody gets what they want from it. Yeah, and and then when they do like the giveaways at the end of like the fan appreciation shit, everybody get one. All of the good stuff always goes to the season ticket holders that Downstairs. sit in the lower level. Yeah. It always is. And it, and this isn't a bitching thing. It's about, you know what? Because the more you take away, quote unquote, take away from me, the more likely I'm going to go to StubHub or something else. And get game day tickets for ten bucks because yeah. no, nothing's selling. So you're gonna season ticket holders are dropping. Yeah, the guy outside, the, the one guy the I see outside all the time. I got tickets. What do you need? All right, I just need to get into the building. No one's here. I can sit wherever the fuck I want. <laughs> yeah. Every time when I was in college and I would come back to New Jersey and go mm-hmm. to a Devil game, even I mean, there I did crazy shit. Like I would drive from Massachusetts, go to a game, and then drive, drive back. back. You're crazy. Yeah, I would. I would go and there would be a scalper and I would wait. The game started at seven 30 back then. And I would wait till seven 25 and I'd see the scalper and I'd go up to him and he, he just wanted to get rid of it. Yep. 
and it would be like a Devils Calgary game on a Tuesday night, mm-hmm. and I would just I'd get the ticket for like eight dollars and sit where you want, and then sit where and ended up sitting with Rob and Tracy and those people anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, it it, it just there's. And it's not, a, like I said, it's not a bitching and moaning kind of thing, but it's like you're like for me, right? And for you, double digit years, 10 years, 11 years, 12 years, 15, whatever, 30 years, right? You want something. You, The one year that um, when I think when we were in 2012, when we went to the playoffs at the end of the season, buy the last five home games, get a family pack of bobbleheads for free because you signed up for those four games. I've been going since game one. Right. I don't get that. That stuff too. The giveaway things are always corny. Like, I get the Devils are a more family-based, sure, entertainment option. Give them on the way out. They give it to you on the way in. I don't. I don't need bobbleheads. Like, I think my bobbleheads are still sitting in the box in my attic. Like, it's they're they're not there. I'd rather have. I don't. I don't even know what they could give me where I'd be like, I'm excited. Like the T-shirts, I end up using like. You toss it in your trunk for rags. Yeah, yeah. Or I wear it to, like, go to the gym or, or like, yeah. cut the sleeves off and whatever. But T-shirt, T-shirt, if you give T-shirts as a giveaway, they shoot T-shirts off during the game. So yeah. What's, where's the value add for that? Or the towels and stuff, you know? Like, listen, now, now, listen. When you, you want to say towels, during this past year's playoffs, when the Ducks and the Sharks played and they did a remake of the oh, 8-bit Nintendo towel... I'm not a San Jose fan. I'm not an Anaheim fan. I was for that game. Yeah. Those I, are cool. I tweeted. I said, listen, I'm a New Jersey Devil fan. I don't care. I will pay double if you can send me one of those. I'll give charity for as much as you want. I want one of those damn towels. Yeah, they, but that that's the fun stuff. Like, you have to think a majority of Devil, and again, we're not just trying to make this Devil fan, but you have to think a majority of, devil, of, of fans that are going to NHL games, mm-hmm. not just the Devils, are... Somewhere between the ages of 28 to 60. Yep. Okay. They're, they don't need the toysy shit. Okay. I, I don't need the toysy shit. You want to you wanna help me out as a Devil fan? You know, give a, a $50 beverage or whatever card for food. Which they used to they used to give us uh, $100 gift cards. Yeah. For food for the whole year. Awesome. And it lasted a whole year. Now... Hundred dollars last year, like five games. Yeah, yeah, but you know, it, it there, there's a like like in like in, in in any business, there's a value add that needs to happen for you to say, you know what? Because I'm getting all this kind, not getting all this kind of stuff, but you're rewarding me for for showing up to these games. Guess what? I I, I feel appreciated by you as an organization. So guess what? You're gonna get my hard-earned money next year too. Yeah. And if it continues and, the year after and so on and so on. And the on. other thing is, like, it's a job. Like, it's sometimes it's a job. Like, I, I think about people who have kids bringing their kids every game, and it's cold, it's rainy, it's and bringing your kid to that game and, and sitting there and watching them and having, like, I get that there are people that are just like, I'd rather stay home and eat the money. True. Than drag my kid and then have to get... You know, the chicken fingers and stuff. Here's an option. If the Devils, it, it's it, we're not selling out every game, obviously. But, like, if, if there's, I don't know, 10,000 people, tell the people in the upper deck, hey, come, come, sit, come sit down low. 
Okay, come sit down low. Yeah, it, it, it sucks if you pan up into the crowd and you don't see anybody up there. But, like, I remember, what was it, a couple of years ago, we were sitting there and, like, a season ticket rep came up to me and was like, oh, you know, would you like to come down into the box and stuff? And, and what did I say? No what, no, what did we actually say? I said, I'll come if, if my friends here can come with me because I'm not going to go sit in the box by myself. That, and the rep was like, 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 uh, okay. He felt like he was giving me gold, and I turned around and I was like, "Yeah, I'm sharing this gold." <laughs> with. No, I remember but, that. Like, do things like that. Like, that was cool. how many games have we sat there and and watched and said, like, none of these boxes are being used? Season ticket holder perk, box for a game. Even without the food, like, I'd be perfectly fine if you said, "Hey, look, you can go sit in that box." And watch a game. And just watch the game. Like, there's no food or anything, but you can go. I'd do that. I, I, I would love to just go and sit in the box with five, six, seven of my friends and shoot the shit. Not have to worry about people standing up in front of me or getting lost or, you know, some guy talking bullshit behind us or the guy who yells shoot on the power play. And I'm sure I'm not just speaking about devil fans. I'm sure every link yes. has that. Or yes. the person who hasn't picked their head up from the game from their phone. All game. All game. No, no, they're watching the game on their phone because they're sitting too far away that they can't really see it. <laughs> well, speaking of watching stuff on the phone, the old video game stuff that you and I, as a, as a young child, five six years old, playing on a Saturday all morning, still do. Okay. Yeah, we talked about a little bit of this last week. Um, it was, I think it was Darren Dreger. It was whoever runs the 31 Thoughts mm-hmm. um, podcast said that a GM, and they weren't going to name the team or the player to protect them, but there is a current first-round draft pick in the NHL that is not playing in the NHL because this player has a video game addiction. Now, I get it. You said last week, you know, there you could have an alcohol addiction. I can see how that would, or drug addiction. I could see how that would, would definitely hinder you playing. Yes. You made the comment, like, of all the things to have an addiction for video games, I can't see how that would really affect. Imagine, and we've all done it, especially if you, you played you went away to college and stuff where you play the video game until three, four o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. especially now with it being online. Right. You know, you're instant, playing instant your access. Call of Duty, your NHL, your Fortnite, all that shit. Um, now it's five o'clock in the morning. You try to fall asleep. You have practice at eight o'clock in the morning. Now you go to show up and practice and you're dragging ass, dragging ass. And I'm a coach and I'm going to sit there and say, Hey, you're not playing. You look like shit right now. And then you go home and you go, all right, maybe I'll go after practice. It's 10 o'clock. Maybe I'll go to sleep. But there's a video game over there I need to play. And you go right back to playing yeah. the video games and stuff. It's crazy. I mean, the the only person that's come out was the guy on Vancouver, Oli. I'm not even going to try to pronounce this. Olavi? Olavi. Or Julavi. He was the fifth overall pick. Not this year, last year. Right. And he said, oh, it's not me. It's not me. It is you. It's you. <laughs> if you have to come out and say it's not me, it's not me, and you were a fifth-round pick, and you're a defenseman, 
and you're on Vancouver, which is the worst team, and you haven't made it to the NHL yet, <laughs> yeah. it's you. It's you. It's you. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, it's it's crazy to think. I, I mean, I've heard on other podcasts that, like, there are guys who bring their video game systems on the road. On the road. Not only that, there are guys who bring their video game systems on the plane to play on the plane, which I get. Yeah, you got to waste time. You got you to waste time. But like, are you that like bring your iPad or something, yeah. you know, like watch a movie. Yep. But like to bring a, a video game system in your luggage on the road because you have nothing else to do. You can't think of something or you else have an do. addiction. Yeah, I would say that that's yeah, that that's that's, sad. that's an issue. It's sad because then that also plays on the whole thing about being a team. You know how they do those team bonding yeah. exercises and things like that? Okay, so your team's doing a bonding exercise and all you want to do is play Fortnite. <sighs> they show when they showed the video of the Devils rookie camp and they showed them all like sitting around eating and then they pan the camera and they're all playing Fortnite and everyone's sitting there watching it. Right. It's going to get worse because kids that are um high school college age now or junior age have lived their entire life with the internet and online gaming. It's true. And they they're not going to know any different. We we've learned to live with it. They're learning in it. Yeah. And they don't know any different. It's crazy. But at some point I'm sure there's in part of like contractual obligations. Yeah, it's no be, video games. No video games. <laughs> go, go back to like what the people used to do back in the day. Go play cards. <laughs> yeah, lose all your money. Take the gambling addiction. That's why Atlantic City's still around and the Vegas flu. You know, you know. I read something, and just to go a little bit off topic, I read something that when gaming here in New Jersey first opened up, Meadowlands Racetrack, in its first three weeks, something like that, three point five mil. Yep. That's cool. Damn. I'm all for that. I'll I'll be making the drive there to in the beginning of the season. I'll make a bet on on the Devils. I'll make can I make a bet on like the Devils making the playoffs? Yeah, all right. Well, our 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 governor already put a bet down on the Devils. Like he yeah, did to all win the, the cup. <laughs> Whatever. Hey. Right, and what get, let's not get carried away there. What, what's it, what's he going to what's he going to do with the money anyway? <laughs> All right. Uh, quickly, there was a post on NBC Sports that I saw of which retro logo would you want to bring back? The Fem- whale. The f- yeah, well, okay, that's that's option one, two, three, four, five, six. That's option six. Uh, first is the Arizona Coyotes pot-induced uh, coyote. The peyote coyote. Yes. Um, obviously, the Anaheim Mighty Ducks, uh, the movie logo. Uh, the big Buffalo Sable, Saber cartoony-looking Saber thing. Uh, the Islanders Fisherman or the uh, Rangers uh, Statue of Liberty head with the NYR uh, underneath it. Out of all those jerseys, I know I don't want the Phoenix Coyotes one to come back because that just nope. is stupid. Um, I, I'm actually at a tie between the Islanders and the Rangers. I like the no. um, I, I like the Statue of Liberty and I like the Fisherman one. I, I just do. Um, the Anaheim Mighty Ducks thing, you just I go away. Know. I mean... The fact that they had to bring an NHL team in because of a movie. I had this conversation with my wife, and she goes, I don't get why they would name the team after the movie. I was like, because Cha-ching. the team owned the movie. <laughs> so they wanted to make it. 
I know people love that logo. The <sighs> Ducks logo. I get it. I mean, I like it. It's all right. It's not my favorite of these five. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking you're going to go with the Sabres. I like the Buffalo one. Yeah. The Rangers one off the iconic, uh, the Statue of Liberty off the iconic Mike Richter helmet. Uh, it doesn't make sense because the Statue of Liberty is in New Jersey. <laughs> There's your fight on that one. All right. So um, the- but yeah, the Islanders one, no. no. The Islanders one was the one of the worst logos. It's like Billy Joel in an, a Gordon Fisherman yellow <laughs> outfit with a hockey stick and it says Islanders and it's got like a wave underneath it. Long Island Sound, come on. No. I think no. their logo of the lighthouse was a good idea. If they ever get their new stadium. But I don't know how you make a lighthouse, a lighthouse. into they're a gonna, mascot. They're going to think. Well, look at what the Vegas Knights did. It's some kind of dinosaur or, or, or reptile. Yeah, but it, 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 yeah. why wouldn't you just make it a knight? Yeah, I know. Well, probably gimmick infringement. All right, so we move on That's from a little bit of hockey to a little bit of wrestling. Again, two weeks in a row. Good Lord. Vince McMahon's going to have her ass. Oh, yeah. You're fired. From what, pal? From what? Yeah, I know. <laughs> so last night on uh, on Raw, they opened up. Uh, I didn't really watch much of it. Uh, I just saw that there was some big commotion, and I saw Triple H, Stephanie, and Vince all in the ring at the same time. And I stand there and go, and the whole roster is sitting there. I'm like, well, we're having a draft again? Uh, whatever. Did someone die? Yeah, has that, it been, that too. Yeah. Has it been 100 days? <laughs> <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Um. So they're all standing there. I'm like, and I'm sitting there going, the whole time that they're doing the speech, and 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 Triple H and Stephanie are being all serious, out of character, not kayfabe or anything else. And I sit there and I go, all right, where's the gimmick? Where, where is this gimmick? They brought all the ladies forward. They're all talking to them. I'm like, okay, are you going to fire them? Or are you all going to make them like you know the next 305 Live only? Braun panty match. Yeah, let's go back to the to, to the Attitude Era Braun panty match. Everybody show your big old ditties. No, they're making an all-female pay-per-view at the end of October. They're calling it Evolution. Now, <laughs> I'm raising my hand. If you cannot see me on the listening podcast, I am raising my hand because I have a couple Evolution issues. Evolution is a mystery. Wow. You do come here for the uh, impersonations, huh? <laughs> I just got an email from the Devils about a partial season ticket plan. <laughs> <laughs> Their ears must be ringing. Um, okay. I have a couple things here. You want to name it Evolution. Now, if you're above the age of 15, possibly uh, 30, uh, 15 or 20. Yeah, that was, the, was the, about the, 10 years ago. The name must ring a bell to you. Oh, wait a minute. Um, the name included um, Bautista, uh, Randy Orton, Triple Rick, H, Rick Flair. and Rick woo, Flair. They call themselves Evolution. You know, the Four Horsemen Part 2. They call themselves Evolution. All right, and, and, and their logo kind of evolved. They had the word evolution. It kind of spiked at the end of the words and things like that, and they put some horses or whatever on it. I look at the logo last night. It's the same damn thing, but it, the color scheme is a little different. You named your women's pay-per-view after a male faction that was terrible. But it's supposed to be the women's evolution, how it's all changed since these current set of female wrestlers have emerged and it, and it is not a smack against any of these female wrestlers no, because, no, you know, we, we talked last week that if you look at when the Divas started to when this Evolution group started. They're wrestlers. Yeah. 
they're, they're, they're not TNA anymore. No, it's not. They're, they're not That's TNA. a different wrestling they're, group. I would even take some of them. Why is Tully Blanchard's daughter not in a big big organization? Come it's, on. But well, well, the problem well, with the female pay-per-view is going to be... It's a one-shot deal. And no one is going to watch it other than hardcore wrestling fans. And, and pervs. Pervs and people who have daughters who like wrestling. Yeah, who say, you know what, look. Look at what you're going to become in the rest of your life. And I'm not trying to say, like, I think it's amazing. You Ten years ago, you never would have thought no way. an all-female... Look, look what ha- even 10 years ago, wasn't it Randy Orton who shit in um, um, Sable's uh, wrestling bag or something like that? Allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. <laughs> Vince McMahon's kiss my ass thing. I'm sure he involves some, some woman at some point. My yeah. favorite Randy Orton moment is when he was a legend killer. And he would just <laughs> RKO people and he RKO'd Hulk Hogan on the trunk of a car in front of his daughter. Brooke, Brooke can be in this evolution no. too. No, so okay, and and again, it's not a, a smack against women. It's it's not, and I'm sure this is going to be a great one-off pay-per-view. They've done things like Elimination no. Chamber. They've done Royal Rumbles, Royal Rumbles for women. I'm sure they'll do a Survivor Series kind of thing. They've done they've done so much for these wrestling women. Okay, but if you're going to dedicate a pay-per-view, you have maybe I don't know. If there's like 25 uh, female wrestlers between Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. They're saying it's going to be 50 women. Okay. Maybe you have 10 that can put on a hell of a show. And then and then what? Make it a... What they should have did is made it Queen of the Ring. And had a, an old school King of the Ring tournament, tournament leading up to, I don't know, the final eight. But the problem with that is you're asking a lot of the whoever's in the final. You're asking them to have three matches in one night. And most of their matches are like 10-ish minutes. Right. At most. So it's, yeah, you're, you're, you're. But a queen of the ring match would have been. Again, who do we need to send our resumes mm-hmm. to or our podcast to so we can become writers? I don't know, and, but if queen of the ring becomes a fucking pay-per-view. This this episode three? My lawyer is going to get a call. <laughs> and this time, we, I make the money. And <laughs> we make 10% off this. <laughs> I, hey, I just, I, I don't, other than, and I'm just thinking off the top of my head, Flair, Oscar, Bailey, Sasha Banks, Natalia, mm-hmm. um, Alexa, uh, Alexis yeah, Bliss. Yep. Um, Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey, who's going to win it? Because whatever they're fighting for, that she's going to win it. Nia Jax. Nope. No. No. She's done. I'm thinking. I'm thinking of people who can put on. Oh, oh, uh, a, a a a a quality quality match. Not not much else. I mean, you're looking at the uh, Riot Squad. No. Um, the the Irish girl. Uh yeah, the last kicker. Yeah, Becky. Uh, Becky Lynch. 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 Okay. Uh, was it Amber Moon? Yes. She shot out of NXT. Right. Like. So you have 10. That means you have to spread out these 10 women among a whole pay-per-view. Spread eagle. <laughs> <laughs> I know that because I saw your face giggling. And... I'm sorry. Uh, but you're going to have yeah. to... 
to spread out five matches in in the form of two hours, three hours, if the, if, if it's like any other pay per view, which means you're going to bring back Lita, you're yeah, going to bring back Trish Stratus. Stratus, you're going to bring back Tori Wilson, you're going to bring Jackie back Molly too. Holly and Jackie, because she can probably still wrestle. I think she's probably doing uh, independence. Victoria, I, uh, I don't know. She maybe who knows? They'll do they'll do some sort of like over the top. Royal Rumble kind of women's match might. for this. They might. That, I mean, again, that's what you have to do to get pe- to like, people to watch. To yeah. get me to watch it, and I have the WWE Network, and I still won't watch it. I would rather honestly rewatch every freaking match between Sting and Vader from 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 the yes from the NWA days all the way through WCW. I just whatever, or or try to find the the off topic. When did Vader pull off uh, Mick Foley's ear? Was that on a WCW Saturday night? I don't think so. I think it was. It was like an, I was I like a house was show. Like a, or like a, it wasn't an ECW. No, it was a WCW. But it was thing. like a House of Hardcore kind of match. But was it on TV or I don't? Because I thought I saw it where he like power bombed him on like the railing and like all of a sudden he was holding his ear. No, I like, thought he got his ear. He went to skin the cat over the ropes. Wrestling term, and his head got stuck between. The ropes Ugh. and like he was Ugh. trying to pull his head out and his ear just kind of yeah left but all right so last topic of, of of this show is we we're coming up an hour and a half of this but hey it's been fun stuff it's moved quickly it has um we actually thought of this as we were prepping the fact that we wanted to wanting to do this show um if you combine the two aspects of this podcast wrestling and the nhl there's, a, there's one thing in common. Announcers. There's a play-by-play guy. There's a color analyst. If you can combine all the names in either hockey and or wrestling, okay, who would you put together? Now, remember, back in the 80s and 90s or whatever, there was always that good guy, bad guy. There was always that, that heel, that whatever, you know? Or there was, there was the angry Jerry Lawler, which never... The guy talks about boobs, and all of a sudden you want yeah. to make him like the angry guy. No, he's not a heel. Come on. Um, who did, would you Who would you put? To, to, what did he used to call boobs? Um, puppies. Was, puppies. Puppies. I was thinking kitties, but that's who he was married to. Yes. Hey, bring her back too, because all are still you know involved. Whatever. And I, at least I think he's still married to her. You never know. No. Are you going to bring back Fifi too? Because Ric Flair's wife. No. <laughs> Lundra Blades, no. probably, no. with her monster trucks. Anyway, so you, you, you pull together. Well, maybe we'll do like a top five um, of wrestler and intro play-by-play teams. You'd have to have Joey Styles. You'd have to have Joey Styles. Okay. With a, oh, my God, on like, a save. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> You'd have to have JR. Yeah, with, but. With slobber knockers. Yeah. And, um, obviously, you'd have Doc Emmerich from the hockey side, right? Would you do a Marv Albert? I mean, he's kind of risen in the ranks of of NBCSN's. I mean, Kenny not, Albert was it? Who did I Marv say? Albert? Did I say Marv? Yeah, I meant Kenny. Whatever, his kid. Shocking disappointment. Um, th- honestly, I would actually throw in the guy from from Dallas that died of uh, cancer. Uh, Dave Strader. Yes, I would definitely put him in there. Um, God, who else? I would not have Chico. No, somebody would power bomb him. I would, would not have. Would you have Joel Gertner, mm-hmm. T 
team with somebody. I would do Joel Gertner and Doc Emmerich. <laughs> Think about that. Who's the NXT guy? The guy that has like bipolar. Oh, I don't know. He's the, all, he's the, the guy that does bipolar rock and roller. He he's the same guy that does SmackDown too, right? He's one of the. Uh, I know Corey Graves does does. He's dull. Oh uh, no, Booker T. No, throw him in there. No, Tell me you no. did not just see that. <laughs> no, no, no. Mark Messier, the five time, five time, five time. Stanley Cup champion. I know someone's going to say six. I got you. Tony, you have to do Tony Schiavone. You have to. Yeah, I would have Paul Heyman. Would you have Jesse Ventura, the no. '80s Jesse Ventura, no. not not today's theorist? I would have Mean Gene, just so that he could interview somebody. <laughs> have some, mean Gene let and me Pierre. tell you something, Mean Gene. <laughs> yeah, Pierre is Mean Gene Okerlund. Let me tell you something, Doc. I love this guy. He's from Flim Flam, Manitoba. His dad runs a. Uh, a hardware shop, and he goes back to work there every day. Did you just see him put him through that table? Speaking of tables, Doc, you know, I got one back here. <laughs> oh, God, who else? Uh, Heenan. If Heenan was alive, I, Heenan has to be top uh, yeah. top five. Has to be. Him, um, Joey Styles. As far as top five wrestling guys, I love when Paul Heyman used to do it. For ECW, for no. E, for and when they fired Jerry the King, and he came in, yes, to to do it for WWF. E. Um, Taz know. was always a good one. Terry, uh, Tony Schiavone was always good. He did the he did, he basically the, ripped off the Joey Styles. Oh my God, yeah. kind of thing. Um, I couldn't tell you who does TNA, so I don't know. Um, uh, the runoffs from when, like at the end, um, and the WC, uh, WCW was ending. Um, a couple of those guys rolled off into, and they have uh, some. The Pope. I have no idea. I yeah. I couldn't tell you TNA the last time just, I watched TNA. <clears throat> but um, yeah, let's. Uh, all right, so so let's let's do this. Let's let's run through the top five. Uh, we can't really do the top five NHL guy. Well, yeah, we could. I can I mean, tell you what. Don't want to hear in the NHL. Um, Fucking Jack Edwards, <laughs> the Bruins guy. I yeah, hate Jack Edwards. Um, I don't. I, I don't know. Would you put Eddie Olchek anywhere in there? Eddie Olchek's good. Would you do like Keith a J- Jones is good? Yeah. Uh, who's the goalie they got? That was a former Ranger uh, goalie. Valaket. Yeah. Yeah, he's a little homey. He's a homer guy. Um, I would not have Sam Rosen. No. Unless you had Sam I, Rosen as the good guy. And then pair him up with like Paul Heyman as the bad guy. Where it's just ah, like, oh, Sam, just shut the fuck up already. E C dub, E C dub, E C. Um, yeah, who, I don't, I don't know who else you do for the, the the NHL. Isn't very. If it's a big game, it's it's Doc. It's Doc. And if it's not a big game, it's like Kenny Albert. Um, I don't think Danico's bad. I mean, he's definitely an upgrade from from Chico. From Chico, all right. Uh, I don't like the Rangers play-by-play guys. They're too, way no too way to homer. Yeah, they're too way I, too uh, homer. Listen, I, and you know, earth-shattering news here. When when I first got into hockey, I was a Rangers fan. 
simply for the fact of because I don't think Sports Channel was on TV anymore at all, or I didn't know what channel it was. So I got used to Rosen and Davidson. Uh, you'd I, have, you'd have, oh, by the way, you'd have to have Don Cherry in there somewhere. Uh, for a studio analyst. Him, a studio analyst for him, um, the guy, on, uh, Catherine Tappen, because I don't want the other guy. You have to have a women's division in these stupid announcing things, so Catherine Tappen. I would definitely have Jackie Redmond. Um, who else? Tweet us, man. Let, let us know who you think would be would be great play-by-play guys with regards to wrestling in the NHL if you had to put them together. Together to do an, a hockey game. Not a wrestling match. A hockey game. A hockey game? Okay. Because wrestling, I mean, it's it's script. They know what's going to happen. True. So, the, so you need you need to out of the box like, oh, my God, this is the first time I'm seeing this. Yeah. Doc Emmerich, holy hell, would he be... Did you see that super kick? <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> you all right? Okay, so the, the, before we leave, the one question, and the, the dozen of you that listen to this and you want to tweet, should Owen Hart be a Hall of Famer? Ooh. Ooh. As According Owen to Hart. who? To, to Brett or, <laughs> or to... Uh, the ring post. <laughs> <laughs> oh. No, that's who inducts him. <laughs> <laughs> we are freaking terrible. All right, you know you can download. Would you be ahead of the class and not all of them? <laughs> Stop. Yeah, Whew. yeah. I don't mean to act blue blazer here, but <laughs> he was blue you're, when he left that ring. You're. All right, folks, you can find follow us on Twitter, HSSK Podcast. You can email us, HSSPodcast at gmail.com. I am Rob. He is Dave. Thank you so much for downloading and listening. Get us on iTunes and Podbean. Toodles. See you.